1: Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start
2: your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
3: You're listening to Comedy Central.
2: Another day, another job fair. I guess another week, another job fair. Now hiring. The University of North Carolina will surely be looking for a Black professor to tenure after Nicole Hannah-Jones turned their ass down, after they finally offered her the tenure they denied her, to head over to Howard University. You know. (laughs) So, apparently, you know this wonderful, wonderful woman has been toiling away with the Tar Heels for quite a while, Ralph. And when it came time to offer them professors the the ten the ten years, basically that that's your ring, that's your mm-hmm. that's your godfather mafia made man, you know. And they told her she couldn't have it. Um, who should the University of North Carolina go after now? Since Nicole Hannah-Jones turned down the job.
4: Anybody? You just guess anybody?
2: Guess anybody.
4: Jason Whitlock? Why? I mean, they need a conservative, you know what I'm saying, somebody that'll pass the, the trustee board and, and Jason Whitlock will definitely do it. I'm not saying that as if I like Jason Whitlock. I do not. I also do not like the University of North Carolina. I'm a Duke fan. Oh, my, my gosh. life.
5: So <laughs> as far as Jeez. I'm
4: concerned, send them the worst possible person I could think of, and that would be Jason Whitlock, to go ahead and take over your media studies
2: and try and teach the
4: next set of young black minds that are going to UNC. There we go. Jason
6: Whitlock.
2: None of Whitlock's journalistic opinions have bothered me. Politically, he definitely rubs a lot of people the wrong way. But just as a straight-up, just journalist, just how to type a lead sentence and how to—I would be fine with that. But I'm glad you said Jason Whitlock. I was gonna say Felicia Rashad.
6: Start the show! Start the show!
2: My name is Roy. This is my job fair. How do you do? How do you do? JG is in the building. How are you, Jacqueline? Hello. Sir Ralph Third, what's going on, bro? I'm sure. Edumacation is the theme this week. Edumacation, we're going to explore the highs and lows and opportunities all swirling around the world of education Edumacation. Higher education, specifically, uh, we're going to talk to a uh, brother out there with a the charter school that's doing the damn thing and changing a lot of lives in minorities. And see what types of jobs await that. Uh, apparently, when you get fired from a college, um, they do it to your face, and then mm-hmm. they let you work the rest of your shift. That's new. You know, <laughs> it's new to me. But you know, we'll dig into that, you know, <laughs> a little bit with our worst and first. But yeah, man, ed- education is a is an interesting field. This is your wheelhouse, Jacqueline. It is. This is your wheelhouse, the world of higher education, and charter schools. Is Puffy's charter school still open mm-hmm. in Harlem? Yes, it is. I know. Sir. Is it? Does does it, do they sell Ciroc there? Oh
4: my God, this is cool. <laughs> uh, I am looking in the school shop actually right now, and they do not have child serac.
0: Are you encouraging this?
4: I'm not, sure. not sending my kid there if they ain't got rock, man. That's Harlem. They better get something out
2: of that. That's a trick. Exactly. Oh, this tuition I'm paying.
4: Yeah, man. Yeah, but they started in 2000. It's still doing well. They uh, actually it opened in 2016. They've got 160 kids in grade six and seven. And uh, they had a grade per year. So, you know, they're doing their thing, man. They, they should be, uh, it says they will grow to serve 600 students in the 6th to 11th grade during an initial five-year term and 12th grade in six years. So they're trying to go for a full-blown, you know, high school, man.
2: I know it's application-based. That's like the one school that I've, like, considered trying to send my son to when he's of age, just so I know he can be around some Black kids that do their homework. That's what's <laughs> up. Disrespect to other Black kids who don't do their homework, but... Either that or that Chicago school where they make them wear the sport coat and sing all the time.
0: Oh, they're cute.
4: They're cute. Yeah. As, someone who, as someone who had to wear a sport coat and sing all the time, let me just let you know as a young man how that stunts your development a bit. But on the same tip, you know, I, I do want to send my kids to a, to a school where they're safe. Mm-hmm. I'm in Jersey, man. Like, out here is good education. These kids mm-hmm. are right now. They, they don't dress very well, but they're very smart children. And I like
0: that. So on the back end, I love that Puffy is getting a tax break. I like that. Good move. But go ahead.
2: Well, he sure ain't using it to pay his artists. That's the All conversation right. for another day, respectfully. What is going
4: Hey, hey, look, hold up, man. You gotta hey, look. Shout out Shine Barrow, though. You know what I'm saying? Shine, Shine came up because of Puffy, and now that dude is in government in Belize. So you know,
2: he 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 picks his people. <laughs> you, mean, you mean the rapper Shine? who defended Puff valiantly in a shootout and then was deported from the country as a result of it after a 10-year prison sentence?
4: Political aspiration, sir. Yeah, mm-hmm, that wow. one.
2: Don't, don't frame his, his life like it was some sort of, and then Puffy sent me a letter to the embassy. And that's how, no, they kicked me out the fucking country. And <laughs> then I had to go and become a rabbi so that people would trust me internationally. Yep. know any of this this is interesting (laughs) i'm
4: just saying man you know puffy puffy surrounds himself with brilliance man he knew that that dude had a political future the way that he took that l for puffy he knew it you know what i'm saying he knew he knew that dude had political aspirations
2: so with regards to education um i want i want to explore a little bit but first we need to talk about felicia rashad and the big hubbub with her and howard university a couple weeks ago you know, mm-hmm. we don't really follow stories as they unfold. I just kind of wait patiently to see it. Because it's a podcast. We're not going to, I'm not going to talk about Cosby just because he's out. Mm-hmm. How right. does it relate to employment? If it don't, you ain't got nothing. You can't tie it to employment. so don't be DMing me. What you don't think about, motherfucker, nothing until it's got something to do. <laughs> now, I will say with Cosby, there is something, there is a storm off the coast that stand-up comedians are going to have to deal with.
0: What? What With
2: it? regards to guys, well, because he's he's getting ready to go on tour again, Jacqueline. I don't know if you noticed or not. Why are you looking like that? He has fans. He I know has he fans. has fans, but we okay. You see those him, fans have money. I,
0: I those fans have money. It. He is still when you see him, people have to guide him to where he needs to go. Oh, not no more. Aging. That shit's
2: for the trial. That oh, good, he definitely can see. You look, you willing to? Do. I don't know out. if you saw him when he did the statement when he came out and he was just out there at the press conference. He didn't talk at the press conference, but motherfucker, he, he wasn't wobbling.
0: Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Not
2: even a little bit. Huh? That's what okay. you got to do. Harvey Weinstein did the same shit, motherfucker. wheeled me into this courtroom in a right. wheelchair. Didn't he have a wheelchair wheel or a walker or something?
6: Mm-hmm.
2: And walked mm-hmm. out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh no, he's Weinstein. He guilty as fuck. Yeah, he, but the the thing that's happening with Cosby is it basically boils down to this. Mm -hmm. If he plays regular comedy clubs, what does that mean for the other comedians, the other 51 weeks? And will you still play this venue that chose to book Cosby? Mm. And that's the storm that's starting to brew off the coast. Now, I know that this doesn't affect me any because by the time Cosby goes out, my hour special, Imperfect Messenger, on Comedy Central in October. Uh, I'm gonna be off the road for six, seven months writing to TV shows, so hey, ain't nobody finna be DMing me talking about. I can't believe you're working the club. What you don't want as a comedian,
6: mm-hmm.
2: you just you don't want to be the guy who's performing the week after Cosby, because then you're gonna be on the poster with him, oh. and it look like y'all and look like y'all working together. Got it. <laughs> you at least want to be two months down the road. Uh, but it, it's <laughs> so true. <laughs> um,
0: uh, it, it's too many variables.
2: This is going to be a serious issue. It's not worth talking about yet on this show, but it is going to be mm-hmm. a potential issue because you know there are a lot of women in comedy that are survivors of assault, and you don't want to come mm-hmm. in the club and see this nigga poke. The next week, looking Cosby. Like, how can you focus on stand-up? when that shit is staring you in the face. But, you know, Mm. the clubs have to make the the business. The comedians only have so many places to work to do their craft. Mm. You know, comedy is very, very cordoned off. Do you turn down? 60% of the stages in this country are booked by two companies. That's true. If we're talking just regular comedy clubs? Yeah. Yeah, Live Nation, who runs a lot, all of the improvs, and then the Funny Bones pretty much have everything east of the Mississippi. Pretty much. 60% 60% of stage time wow. as a comedian is two companies. Yeah, and you know, Ralph, mm-hmm. you, you do stand up. Like, it's it's. if Cosby played Live Nation venues that are not comedy clubs, okay. Can't
4: do nothing about that.
2: But the improvs are Live Nation venues, and they're associated with Live Nation. Mm-hmm. So do you also not play the Chuckle Hut? I'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina, August 13th and 14th, <laughs> and I'm not calling y'all a Chuckle Hut. I'm just... Saying that y'all also not a San Francisco amphitheater, you're not the Fillmore. I think you would both agree mm. with that. See you in Raleigh in August. So it, it's it's gonna be that was interesting. A perfect message. <laughs> That's crazy. That
4: was crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> Man, but, look, yeah yo, look, and I, and I know we ain't trying to go deep, but then you bring up another thing. Number one, if you are a young comic and you are pegged to open for, mm. for Cosby, do you turn that down? I think yeah. Do you, you gotta turn miss that down? Because that that's, that's a career changer for real. Like, to, you to gotta miss one. that three hundred. I'm just saying. Do you miss that on the money? a career if changer. You get, how?
2: You if ain't putting this shit on your resume.
4: You a broke. You a broke comedian. Broke comedians, man. I'm telling you, they'll take. They'll take any gig. bro. I done seen them. I was one. I know what it is. Oh, that's true. Do you turn down the pudding pot sponsorship?
2: Do you? I do I you? think a I think most young comedians would do it. I don't think, I don't think you need to. From a this will help your career. I agree. Mm. Mm -hmm. I agree. If anything, it's probably a detriment. You open for Cosby in twenty one, man.
4: You you was trying to get there.
2: Did he put a gun to your head? He don't need an opener anyway. The motherfucker do two hours, so he's he has the time. Um, but the reason why I bring up Cosby and to tie it back to education, education. Felicia Rashad defended perform a television co-star very mm-hmm. vehemently on the day of his release and got a lot of backlash from black people and black women and um they said um you better shut your goddamn mouth Felicia and, <laughs> and this wonderful woman who was tenured um she is the dean mm-hmm. of the drama department at Howard University um had to come back and issue a follow-up statement that day and then, a longer apology a day later, basically spelling out, look, I'm here to educate myself. I stand with students. I stand with survivors, blah, 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 blah. A lot of people calling it Um, Some people were calling for her resignation. And then some people were calling for Howard to fire her. Now, Jacqueline, I pass the ball to you on this one because you work, as I call it in higher education, you work in the big building where all these decisions are made. That's where where you be. You be in the building with all the deans and that one building in a college campus that has no classrooms.
0: (laughs) And the floor is clean.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's the only room with a clean floor. Knowing the amount of money that having Felicia Rashad's association with the university brings in, because people gonna donate off the strength of her. And she's alum.
6: Absolutely.
2: Could you fire her, third? Me me for what she said. Could could
4: I could fire her? Bruh. Um, in terms of full disclosure, as they like to say in the biz, I had the honor of studying under her while I was at, in college. And and I spent most of the semester hitting on her.
2: So no. Oh my goodness gracious. What? Jesus God. Christ. This boy did took a left Probably
4: turn. I gotta be biased and honest, man. I can't fire Felicia Rashad, bro. I'm defending the girl, Tried man. Trying to take That's...
2: Felicia Rashad to the Bode Hotel. Man, shoot.
4: Miss Hudson will look at me in my eyes every day in class. Mm-hmm. Just take her on you up can't there. Can't take
2: her to the Bode Hotel.
4: She's a legend. I'm just saying, man. The Bo- the Bode got sweets, too, bros. Right
2: mm-hmm. next to Nissan mm-hmm. Stadium. JG, you're someone that doesn't think with your penis.
0: <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Did
2: the university make the right call in this instance, with regards to allowing Ms. Rashad to continue to work? Yeah, JG.
0: The simple answer is yes. They got in her ear and reminded her that this is an institution with donors. This is an institution with donors that are connected to survivors. And we need to ensure that we understand appreciate and share their stories and also still get their checks so that's how this works so welcome to the world of academia.
4: not only do i agree with you not only do i agree with you but if i have to be serious for a second let me point out a couple quick things number one Felicia mm-hmm. rashad had consistently been saying bill had been screwed in this trial she said that before she got hired number two They just hired Mm -hmm. her this year. They just hired her. Mm -hmm. So she hasn't even had a full class of students. She didn't really even have her first, first day yet.
2: COVID, Um, yeah. Number
4: number three, this is Howard University. Howard University. Do you really think that they was gonna hire somebody like like Felicia and just fire her off the public? I didn't think they was gonna fire her, man. I I really didn't.
0: Not fire her, but it just depends on Mm -hmm. the donor. If you have a large enough donor talking in your ear, if I've made several million dollar donations, I pick up the phone and say, hey, Mr. President, we're going to have to let that one go. And that's how that really works in the background, sadly, but it's so true. You can have the best person ever, but if they don't strike the right positions is the best way I can put it. They can be gone, no matter how much additional money they can bring in. It's about the money in the pocket right well, now. Well, that
2: conversation was quick because Felicia Rashad apologized. She posted that morning at like, say, 10 in the morning. She apologized at 4.30. And by 10.30, Howard University mm-hmm. had a statement, quote, Survivors of sexual assault will always be our priority. While Dean Rashad is acknowledged in her follow-up tweet, the mm-hmm. victims we heard and believe her initial tweet lacks sensitivity towards survivors of sexual. Please, Lord Jesus, make sure we get this money. Don't take that money from us. We need that money, and we <laughs> yes. have full confidence that our faculty and school leadership will live up to this sacred commitment.
0: That was a quick text message. You can't do that. And we're going to clean this up right now.
2: Boom. The only, the only thing
4: that statement was missing was hashtag, you know, at the end. <laughs> that was the only thing was missing at that brilliantly written response, I, I thought.
0: She's in two worlds now. She has to realize that she is in the world of academia. And then she also has her personal opinions. And she can't necessarily let the two believe but she's been on two
4: worlds she's been teaching for a while she just now became a dean yes but she's been teaching academically for quite a while but my whole thing about felicia rashad point blank i had a friend of mine say something like oh i wouldn't send my kid to study under her and ultimately i have to be the opposite on that i would totally send my daughter to study under felicia rashad because i want her to study under a black woman who's strong and willing to put her opinion out there you know what I'm saying? In the midst of everybody telling her, don't do it.
2: I love that. I, I thought it was dope.
0: Well, now she's a dean and guess what? Yeah, you want to read a speech,
2: her you get do. your ass up out this office and go work in one of them janky buildings. You in the got big it. building.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: You can't work in the big building. <laughs> Talk that shit. <laughs> you got to go over there to one of them trailers. You working in the Chadwick building, girl. You working in the <laughs> exactly. Black Panther building. You can't be
4: doing that. Now they're talking on feast merchant, the good Chadwick name.
2: Worst than first, my favorite part of the show, we get to talk to you, the job fair listeners. Roy's job fair at gmail.com if you want to be a part of the program. Um, JG, who's on the line? Who do we have here?
0: We have Amara, and she's going to talk to us about college admissions, being an officer in that area. So it's oh, Joe. Well, that's
2: you. That's you, JG. This is your kinfolk right here higher Absolutely. education now amara um well i guess you can't give us the name of the school can you tell us what state you're in at least what state this was in yeah <laughs> give yeah, us your time zone what oh, ta- what time zone can you give us the time zone uh, are you in america, america? america amara
7: i'm in i'm in america <laughs> central central time there
2: we go central time zone yeah. okay great i'm just gonna say simpson college in iowa i'm just picking <laughs> random colleges. Um, that sounds good so tell us about this worst job of yours why what made this so frustrating because higher education my mother's been in higher ed for 30 years she started in the classroom and now she's in you know front office dean you know i call it the big building at the college yeah you know yeah. She's in the big building now, dealing with big building problems like enrollment Uh, and retention and graduation numbers and shit like that. (laughs) So, what may I I know that when you think of college as a business, which it is, you know, a lot of people forget that at the end of the day, it is to bring in customers who, in -hmm. in exchange for an education, give you money. So, when the customer count is down, it ain't good. And every job has bad bosses. Uh, walk, walk us yeah. through it, Amara, at this random college. I'm going to just say Auburn University. Every time we name a college, we just name a different college. So what happened at there, Auburn there, there, University?
7: Different. That sounds good. Yeah, get it out. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try to give you a little bit of a backstory because I think it will help kind of build it a bit here. So I worked there for about three and a half years. And... Um, the reason i worked there is because i was going to seminary at the time so because Mm. i was um working at the school my tuition was paid for so that adds like an extra layer to this because like you know you don't want to leave a situation where like you're getting a really good benefit so that you have that extra layer of like oh so um so yeah so i was going to seminary at the time and um, i got the job and I learned really quickly, I would never heard this term before, Um, but if you hear somebody in leadership say, hey, a reorg is happening soon, Mm -hmm. that's bad news. (laughs) That means people are going to lose their jobs. So reorg is like the nice way of saying, oh, we were looking at positions and uh, we've decided to shift responsibilities around, which means people are going to lose their jobs. Uh, so and the people uh, who stay
2: get more responsibility put on their plate at the same rate of pay.
7: Yes, usually. Yep. Typically, Yikes. typically. And that's actually what happened to me. So there were the, in the three and a half years that I was there, I had three different titles and two reorgs happened, um, while I was there. So I got hired as kind of like a secretary position in the admissions office. And then two months later, a reorg happened. Um, and I think they felt bad that I had just been hired, because they were combining our departments, and the secretary of the other department was like really beloved, but I had just been hired. So they gave me this like weird title where they were like, yeah, so you're not going to be the coordinator anymore, you're going to do our website and campus visits. And I was like, okay, so I did that for a while, Um, but then when the second reorg happened, That's when things really hit the fan because uh, we had been given a grant to try to, like, boost our admissions team um, and help, like, get more numbers in. But I think what people didn't fully think through with the grant is, like, grants run out. So if you Mm get hired and if your position is based off of a grant, like, once that grant is gone, your job is gone. And that's something that uh, like a lot of people either don't think about or like they just like choose not to think about it. But so when the second reorg happened, it was based off of a grant and uh, the way that they presented it, it was like promotions. Like we're going to give you guys promotions. Um, And uh, but what was tricky about that was like. the the part that nobody fully expected was the day that layoffs happened they were like okay everybody go to your cubes you know, sit by your phone and between the hours of like nine and noon uh if you get a call from like if you might get a call from hr and um and people what? were like huh what and so uh we i was in cubes and so we so my area of admissions we were kind of like a cubeville where it was one room and it was rows and rows of cubes so and we were like calling people so what was funny is like we when we were on the phone everybody could always hear each other um kind of like a calling center vibe but what that meant is like the day of this uh like oh, hr no. calling thing Everybody could hear everybody's phones. So we're sitting by our phones between nine and noon, oh. and all of a sudden we start hearing the phones ringing. And uh the first ro- phone rings. She picks it up, goes up to HR, oh. comes back down, and starts bawling like I lost my job. Uh, and then what happened next is it, it went down the row. So the Why first, her, the first.
2: Oh, keep going, so the, keep going.
7: Yeah, no, it's okay. So the first phone rang and, you know, she went up and came back down and started crying. The second phone rang and um, she lost it. Like she heard the phone ring and she was like, no, and like collapsed on her desk. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh my God. And I could see her like kitty corner from me and she had already lost it before going up to HR. And so then she, um, so she went up to HR and came back down mm-hmm. and um, and she had lost her job too. And it kept going down the row and
2: executioner's um, row type (laughs) shit
7: yeah so what was crazy about this roy it was all my team so all of the people getting let go was my team and it was coming down the row and then um i was like wait what does this mean we're like i'm in operations they can't get rid of all of us and i'm tall i'm six feet tall so and i was at a standing desk so i could like see above the cubes (laughs) and i could like see what was going on Uh, And I make eye contact with my boss who is all the way across in, you know, the corner offices, they actually get offices and we're in the cubes. So I can see I can like make eye contact with my boss. And he just kind of looks at me as the phones keep on ringing. Um, And then the last person besides me loses their job. Uh, and then, uh, my boss finally, he looks at me fully and then walks over, makes the walks of walk over and like, gets me, brings me to his office and says, Hey, Amara, just want to let you know, you didn't lose your job. Like you still have your job. Um, and I was like, okay, um, what does this mean? Uh, And he's like, Oh, well, we'll talk about this later. Um, but like, just breathe. Like you're okay. You didn't lose your job.
0: Um, <laughs> no, you're not.
2: <laughs> I just so, watched all my friends get decapitated correct. in front of me.
7: Yeah, well, and, and they, that' okay. Well, and they were still crying over by their cubes, mm. and they're just not even like,
2: escorted. They're still in the building.
7: They're still in the building. They're still in the building. They haven't been escorted out. So they're they're standing there just being like I don't know f- what I'm going to do.
2: <laughs> it's not funny, but it's like who it's just bad. leaves yeah. people to just in their misery.
7: Yeah. Yeah. So they're all kind of like crying. They're in like a huddle at this point mm. and just be like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You're uh, going to be okay. I'll be okay. It's going to be okay. I think they went to like a happy hour after that together. Um,
2: 10 in the was... morning. <laughs>
7: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's what they did. They did because we all got let go. And then they were like, well, we got let go. So they, they they went to like a, oh yeah, it's not happy hour at noon, is it? They bought drinks though. They... <laughs> yeah,
2: they just First in line at Chili's.
0: So did you get like nasty emails next or did they play on your phone? Because I would be like, she was just got this job. How is she keeping this job? I have a mortgage. Well,
7: oh, and that was what was so sad too, is like, I'm a single person. And so I just have yeah. myself to take care of. And throughout these reorgs, I was seeing people with families getting let go. Like I saw someone who had a baby on the way getting let go. And that was the first oh reorg. Gosh. And it and it was so, I was like, he's about to have, like, what? they're depending on this insurance. Like what? And and mm-hmm. so, um yeah, so... Um, But yeah, no, that whole thing, there was like little bits of gossipy stuff happening throughout my three and a half years there. And I've learned over the years that when you hear the like, like among the tubes to like walk the other direction, like you just don't want to be among the like that that happens in office environments. So I think one of the reasons I kept my job is because I kept my nose clean. Like I wasn't Mm. talking about. Bosses,
0: no, I mean, yeah, no, that's not the reason you kept your job. You don't the think so? You kept your, I can tell you exactly why you kept your job. Jacqueline's you fired a lot of people. Paid. Oh, <laughs> you know what? You're also I, right. <laughs> yep, you was were the, the least, least paid. paid. Yep, yeah, and so you were gonna end up doing a lot of work. You were young, you were the least paid, you didn't know what you could and could not do, so they were gonna get away with all of that, and they did.
7: Yeah, they did. I stayed there for how much longer six more months after
0: that mm-hmm. yeah that's all the time they needed so, to organize yeah
2: so you needed this job in exchange for tuition or at least that was part of why you put up with a lot of the bs and dealt with them putting more and more shit on your plate yeah did you run into any of these other co-workers who were also students like yeah. did you see these people again like that's always the more awkward part
7: that was that. The... It's,
2: it's a survivor's remorse thing, yeah. you know.
7: Yeah, there. So, like, I, I was still getting invited to like get together's and parties on the weekends oh, where good. they were there, and um, and it was a little, it was a little awkward because it was like, what do you talk about when you're when you know people from work? All you know to talk about a lot of times is work. And then when you don't have work to talk about anymore, it's like, wait, you're married, right? Like, <laughs> what, what's that hobby you do every now and then? Like, it was, it's almost like you have to restart your relationship with them.
2: That's interesting. How do you maintain or should you even maintain relationships with coworkers that have been let go? Like, how much of where we work was part of our social identity and how much of that is lost once you're no longer here? Like, you literally, like, there's guys, you know, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but in sitcoms that I've worked that have since been canceled, I'm still in touch with some of the crew members. Mm -hmm. But that's because we were legitimately, like, they, like, take me out on their boat. Like, I learned how to wakeboard with the props guy from TBS. So it's like, relationships that to this day we still text we still keep in touch like how do you still you know foster that i just think it's wild that they fired it like most first off the gentlemanly way to fire someone is before they get to work or at the end of their shift and escort them out i that's really fucked up that vanderbilt university did that That yeah and the people at memphis state fired y'all and then left y'all flailing around in the office like wounded animals waiting to die like that oh
7: yeah that's what it was they were like wounded animals and and i was like what do we what do we do what do we do
2: thank you sincerely for sharing this story because you bring up a lot of very great points about how to remain in contact with people through a tragedy it's being losing your job is a traumatic experience and when you're still on, when it didn't happen to you and how you can try and show care and concern, you know, to your fellow coworkers. This is this is very beautiful. And um, I'm very sorry that the University of Kansas treated <laughs> you this way and, um, you know, fuck the Jayhawks. So we'll yes. just leave it at that.
7: That sounds great, Roy, thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: All right, bye. Thank you.
2: Have a good one. Ralph, you ever seen people crying at work? when they get fired?
4: um, Absolutely, sir. Um, The, the last job I, I had, I watched people cry as they escorted me out. So yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it, it happens. It, it definitely happens. Um, that The way that they made her work through or sit there and watch everybody else. So that's the one that's the killer to me. That's something I've never seen. Like watching the office deplete person by person. Like that's something like out of a movie, man. Like anytime I've ever been fired or ripped they do it all at once. Like <laughs> they never like, give you the option to have that
2: yeah. long, slow Look, walk. Man, if I still got my job and everybody else getting fired, the motherfucker send me on an errand. Yeah. right. You know, like in the <laughs> undercover movies when the police come to arrest everybody and the snitch, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. I'll be
8: right back. <laughs> 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 you know, give me an house. man.
2: <laughs> After the break, we're going to explore the world of employment with a teacher that's doing the damn thing for the charter schools. Education. <laughs> is the thing it's the job we'll be right back
1: this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The wait is over.
3: The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit paramountplus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
9: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard right snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly so visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert snagajob.com where america goes to hire
6: right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?
2: explore the world of employment here uh royce at gmail.com if you have a job or you know somewhere that's hiring we would love to hear from you and invite you on the program to share those positions with the public uh jg i understand we're going to the world of education uh this week who do we have on the line we're
0: gonna go to education
2: and we're gonna that's what i said uh
0: uh-huh, sure and we're gonna talk to author who is the executive director of a charter high school
2: out in Brooklyn. Oh, nice. Arthur, welcome aboard. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about this school Mm -hmm. and uh, what you all do. And I'm asking as the father of a five-year-old who may potentially bring his son out there.
8: (laughs) Well, you'll have to wait a little longer for your son because we're a high school. (laughs) But we are a, uh, a standalone charter high school in New York City. We're in a neighborhood in Brooklyn called Bushwick. Um, for folks who know Brooklyn. So um, it's kind of a working class neighborhood. A lot of immigrant families, um, a lot of families who come to to New York from Latin America live there. So we have a lot of families from uh, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Ecuador. Um, And in New York City, you know, the the public school system is kind of hit and miss. And if you've got a lot of money, you can kind of find your way into a good school and a good system. And if you don't, you kind of get what you get. And so charter schools, uh, and our charter school in particular, seeks to provide a, a, a really high quality option for families that is completely free. Um, so there's no tuition, there's no um, there's no like selective process. So you don't have to test in, you don't have to write an essay, you don't have to do anything like that. You get into our school via lottery. So if you live in the neighborhood, you get first crack in the lottery, and then you know every kid who lives in the neighborhood has basically had a shot to get into Mesa. Um, we're in our eighth year. We just finished our eighth year. We just graduated our fifth class. Um, we got okay, about 500. Kids. Thank you very much. We have about 500 kids in grades nine through 12. And every year we've graduated over 90% of our students in four years. And we're in a neighborhood where the graduation rate is about That's 70%. Excellent. That's dope. So, yeah, we're really proud of that. Um, and we're really proud of our kids. Our, our, our kids are just amazing. You know, and our staff is amazing. Our faculty is really the kind of the group that does it. Um, so we've got, we've got this little magic going. And we're we're trying to keep it going. Look
2: at you.
8: So then tell me about the
2: positions that you all are hiring for mm-hmm. then. Because yeah. this sounds like if if I'm gonna be honest, why why are you all even hiring? Like this seems like something where people should you should have to kick me and thing. Right. Drag it me sounds like the most magical though.
4: experience ever to be real. The great kids yeah. and just wow.
8: Sure. So Part of it is we've had a number of folks this year, not a number of folks, we we usually have pretty good staff retention. We're, mm-hmm. we're usually in the like 85 to 90% retention rate. In education? Um, at a school? At a school. High school? And in particular. Wow. In particular with charter schools, you know, our, our teachers tend to skew younger, right? Mm-hmm. So a little earlier in their careers, they might, you know, kind of do this for a few years and then say oh, I think I want to go to graduate school or, oh, you know, I want to relocate to be closer to my family. Um, ah, one thing that still happened idealistic. to
0: idealistic. Go ahead. Yeah.
8: Mm-hmm. The, the moving back mm-hmm. to their family part. One thing that happened this year was that because of the pandemic, I think a lot of people took stock, right? And so they sort of said, you know what? I've been putting off going to get a PhD for three or four years. I want to go do that. I want to go to law school. I want to, you know, I was separated from my family in the Midwest for five years, you know, and then I couldn't even go visit them during the pandemic. It's made me feel like I pivot really need started culture. happening. Yeah.
2: so Casualties of the pivot. So in this interview process, like what's that like as because. I don't know a lot about. High school education. Only my my scope of knowledge for education is higher ed, where my mm-hmm. mother has swam in those waters for thirty years. But when you're interviewing a teacher, it can't just be, "Do you have all the certificates? Do you like children?" Like mm-hmm. there has to be some level of personality analysis. Like when you're doing these interviews, presumably now, like over Zoom or whatever, what are you, fi- what are you finding? and some of the people that you always say, like, what's a bad job interview for a teacher look like? Like, I know what that looks like for like (laughs) Mm -hmm. fast food and retail. Like, all right, you're a little shifty. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm gonna hire you. But like, what are the things that can tell you, all right, I don't know if you'll be right for us. Even though you -hmm. you look great on paper, what's a bad job interview
8: for a teacher? So, probably the, the, the sort of most important one and the thing that you have to kind of suss out, but you can is um, there's a lot of teachers who don't like kids, right okay. and you can, and you can kind of suss that out, right You suss that out in the way that they talk about kids right. So if they, if they say things mm, like that's awful. if they say things like
2: these little bastards <laughs> anyway, stand these little niggling children
4: ready. always so mean and nasty. They just need a good <laughs> pounding in the classroom. I'm
8: sorry.
0: How can you not like kids and be a teacher? That makes no sense.
8: Sometimes people will say things like, "Well, you know, these were the kids who didn't want to learn, and these were the kids who didn't who did want to learn, oh, right?" Wow, and cool. and yeah, and like you're talking about children, yeah. right? So yeah. so mm. everybody wants to learn, right? Like you're 14 years old, you're 15 years old. Every kid wants to do well. They want to succeed. They want like they want that, you know positive reinforcement, they want to raise their hand and get the answer right and have the teacher say, you did a good job, mm-hmm. right? Like every single child wants to learn. Or or they'll say, you know, the parents who didn't care. And it's like, no, no, no. Every parent cares about their child, right? I've never met yeah. a parent who doesn't care about their child.
0: Those are lazy teachers.
8: Well, so we don't hire them. My mom recognized that
2: early on in the eighties and she said, that's part of why I went into higher ed. It was because there's a different relationship between the student and the parent
9: mm-hmm. where in
2: college, your relationship is pretty much exclusively with the student. Mm-hmm. The parents are kind of out of the equation. And she said, I just couldn't deal with the parents being over my shoulder. So mm-hmm. at least smarter teachers, you know, recognize that.
8: Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's what a bad one looks like. Um, and I would say the other thing that we look for that, and and this isn't necessarily something that would make you a bad teacher, but it wouldn't make you a good fit for Mesa is we're, we're like this incredibly collaborative school, right? We do everything together. We, we do a lot of co-teaching um, where you have two teachers in a classroom working together. And, you know, you can't just throw two people in a classroom together and assume that it'll work, right? It's, it's, it's kind of like an arranged marriage. You have to be into it. So what we'll do is we'll do a lot to sort of try to see like, is this a person who's going to, Play nicely with others? Is this a person who's going to take feedback? Is this a person who's going to be open to other people's ideas? And there are some fantastic teachers out there who, like, what they want to do is close their door, teach their five sections of, you know, English or social studies or whatever. And they're great at that. But that's not just, that's just not a fit for our school. Right. And that's fine. But we need to know that because if you're at our school, we're going to be like, well, did you co-plan? Did you this? And they're not, you know, they're not going to want to do
2: that. So where can people apply for these jobs? Because I imagine you're taking educators from all over the country if they're Mm -hmm. willing to come to New York City Mm -hmm. and be a part of this situation.
8: Mm -hmm. If you go onto our website, www.mesacharter.org, M-E-S-A-C-H-A-R-T-E-R, um, you can find all of our postings there. And, you know, we're always looking for good teachers. We're looking for teachers of you know, all different subjects. And honestly, even if we're sort of staffed out for the year, right, even if we're like, okay, we have, you know, a full math department, Mm -hmm. if we can get a really good teacher and bring them in, we'll be opportunistic. And we'll be like, you know what, this is a superstar, and we want her on our team. So we're going to make sure we get her because, you know, I might not have any openings in math right now. But maybe next year, I'm going to have a math teacher who says I want to go to law school, mm-hmm. right? And so I'd rather have like a deep bench of people who can fill in and who can and and you know who can step in so that when that teacher leaves to go to law school or or whatever, I'm not scrambling around the day before school starts trying to find someone mm-hmm. to fill that position.
2: Well, Thank you so much for calling in, brother. We appreciate you. Yeah. And uh, when my son is of age, I'm gonna make the move out there to Brooklyn and see if I can get in that lottery. To get into that
8: situation over there. You shoot us an email, and we'll definitely hook you up.
0: Keep up the good work.
2: Okay, you heard that. I, I, you heard that, JG. Yeah. Ralph the third, you heard that. That was on okay. right, Thirteen years. Was okay what? Here. No. What year you started high school? Not 18. Oh my God, my son started high school at 18. He's He's in a lot of trouble. Most of them are, most of them
8: are 14. You're
2: close. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for calling in, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. After the break, we will talk to the homie, Narado, a.k.a. Rod for short. Job
1: Fair, we'll be right back. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
2: June 30th, 2024. Job fair. We are back. Like we always do about this time on the show, Ralph, it's time for us to sit back with the partner, Norado, and break the ice to give you little topics of chit chat to bring up with your coworkers of an opposite race to keep down on the awkwardness that is the returning workplace that we are headed back to in these now Unprecedented times. They're no longer unprecedented. These are at times. Rod, good evening to you. What are you sipping on?
10: What's going down, man? Uh, I got a little uh, Mick Ultra going on right now. I see you back on your moonshine. It's not.
4: Moon you said shine. Mick Ultra. You trying to stay in shape, Rod, for the summer? Is that what you're doing?
10: Yeah, I'm trying to get my bikini bot. Yeah, I ain't mad at you, man. <laughs> I'm trying to get my bikini vibe. Uh, you know what I'm saying? My, my waist trainer on and everything.
4: I ain't mad. A couple of Michelob Ultras, are, you know what I'm saying? A good narrowing or two. You be ready for the beaches, girl.
10: Yeah, I'm talking about. I got to get in the. I got to lose enough weight that uh, it's safe for me to go to the Dominican Republic and get that Brazilian butt left. You know what I'm talking about? Right, man.
4: man. <laughs> no, Rod. I don't know what you you're You got to wear about. bikini briefs when you go to the beach, bro. I know what you're saying. I hear you. Talking about
2: it. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. JG, we should do a segment with Rod on how to tastefully flirt with your co workers and not get fired. Is there tastefully. a way? Tastefully. Yeah. yeah, is there a way to. How do you. How do you, without crossing HR lines, broadcast that you're, you know, available and single, and you know, is there a Tastefully.
0: way? Tastefully, I don't think Rod is going to be tasteful about that. I think he's just going to tell you to do exactly what you feel. Then you're going to be unemployed.
10: Well, that goes against everything I stand for. It. Actually, I don't believe in in, in in doing things with coworkers. You got to. You got to keep that shit separate. You don't shit where you eat, man. There was a woman who flirted mm. with me at my last actual job. She flirted with me for about five years, and we had sex on the last day of her two weeks' notice after she clocked out. I, I do not mess with coworkers. I do not do that.
4: I right, admire your timing, <laughs> bro. At, at least you were patient enough to wait for oh, her to turn in sure. the card, man. That's what's up. That's all. Her, right.
10: Literally, her last day after she clocked out, we went to my house and got there. I've not messed with people I work with like that. No, ma'am. Mm. Have I? I no shit, what you eat.
2: I dated one co worker. It wasn't
10: that. Were you working in um, the, the. It's only okay if you work in like the food service. If you work in the service industry, <laughs>
6: yeah, that's the only time
10: it's okay. Feels good.
4: know. You know, you know, <laughs> exactly. you know right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say that I worked at a place that kept a list in the elevators of everyone who's ever met and married at that organization. And they fully encouraged they fully encourage people to date. Um and I at the time took full advantage of that and dated very heavily within said organization. Um but I also know now that the, the back swing to that is even though they encourage you to date when it comes time for you to get promotions and stuff if you a hoe, they call you out for being a hoe, even though they encourage you <laughs> to date within the building. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you do good at your job, but, cool. but you know you're a hoe, like right? You know you're a hoe. Like, you done talked to five different women on seven floors. you a hoe. You, I don't know if we can what put you... What
2: in the inter-office orgy was going on at this spot? <laughs>
6: hey, man.
4: Hey, man. You know, you work intense hours, and when you work intense hours, people go from being cute to fine in a real quick amount of time. Man, You work an overnight... You see the same girl. When you first see her, she looked dumb. But after you didn't work overnight for six months, six months, she'd be like, man, she ain't that bad, man. Like, y'all need to stop being so hard on her. She work hard. Are you a coal
10: miner or some shit? (laughs) Oh, no, I was working in radio,
4: bro. Working in radio. That's all it goes down to, you know. That's radio.
2: Yeah, You know, in radio, all the dimes are in sales because you want the best-looking women out there getting the money. Sales or legal. It's terrible to say. Mm. Yeah. Like, that's just... If you want to talk about segregation based on appearance radio's very bad about that
4: the logistics area that's where all the other fine women were because they had to talk to people outside the building
2: nah I dated I dated a co-worker at Golden Corral in my Golden Corral days and that I, I ended up okay I mean it wasn't the worst breakup at, like, it wasn't awkward at
10: work like I didn't get my hours cut oh you were de- actually dating I thought I was just talking about sex in the service industry you can do that because it's you know Transy. that's a that's a freaking profession yeah. like if you if you work in a restaurant or bar or like a hotel or something like that like yeah every, everybody's fucking each other anyway because it's just ever- such a weird place to be in the first place
2: jg did i ever tell you about the time i misread my coworker's signals and i thought she wanted um <laughs> no i thought she wanted to fuck and i showed up to her house and it was ambushed wait by you showed up to her Ooh. house I was invited.
7: It, it, oh, okay. Some
2: stalker shit. And I showed up and it was like a house full of people and they was all doing Bible study. And I was at, five, she was one of them super Christians. And she goes, do you want to come over um, Friday night and do board games? And I was like, yeah. And then like the whole week she's like, I can't wait to see you. It's got, and, and like, she just kept telling me how excited she was. And I'm like, you asked me to the crib. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> First date, you asked me to the crib. I'm 23. Like, you know what it is. So I.
0: You weren't thinking with your head. Of course,
10: well, he was thinking not. with water he About to say, <laughs> dance. He was thinking with
2: his head. He was dancing for a whole week. He was thinking with that damn thing, real. <laughs> and That's I beautiful. showed up to her house, mm. and she doesn't know this to this day. I showed up to her house, and it was a house full of people, and I was standing there with a pocket full of condoms.
10: <laughs> and they
2: started reading the bible it's she's like yeah oh. we're board games i'm so happy you're here and then that lasted for about an hour
6: uh-huh.
2: and the, like the board games lasted for an hour and then they all broke out their bibles to read to do Bible study together or whatever and I remember saying yeah my Bible's in the car I'll be right back
0: you didn't come back
2: Don't.
0: oh my god you invented those <laughs> things oh my gosh
10: Don't. Mm. she got holy ghost yes <laughs> <laughs> holy ghost
2: Yes, we bring Rod on to give you <laughs> topics to break the ice. Wow! I pass it over to you, Rod. Yeah, I had to. I saw it work the next day. Like, yeah, a phone call, emergency came up. I, like, I came over thinking it was time to get down, and then it was like, yeah, Jesus. And I was like, I'm not against Jesus, but it's Friday night. Y'all
10: might have oh, fucked perfect. after Bible stuff.
4: You should have just held out. I went right. You'd have held
10: out. You might have got some drugs. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm saying you already know, done, bro. Right. You know, how you know them super Christian girls. be? you gotta go, You gotta do the church thing first, but after everybody leave after that, you know what I'm saying? It's all
4: church girls and appreciate a pocket the right full thing. of condoms. Normally, amen to that. You know, keeping it safe. I'm just saying, yeah. you were thinking about me, girl, and my future. Yeah, he had a whole pocket full of condoms. <laughs> okay.
10: God can't, God can't see when you sex when you use a condom.
4: That's it. It's invisible.
10: What? It's like that invisibility cloak in Harry Potter. You put a yeah. condom on, yeah, that don't count.
4: He just turned his eye, <laughs> turn his
10: cheek, turn the other
2: cheek. Don't look. I, yeah. I uh. <laughs> All right, Rod, take it away. Get a white people something to bring up to their black co-workers.
10: Uh, white people, what you what you want to be talking to black people about right now is a situation that uh reiterates that you gotta be careful. The type of stuff that you put online on social media, especially with your pictures and videos. Uh, rapper Pooh Shiesty Who? has been arrested. Pooh Shiesty. I
2: mean, Rhonda, uh pull, <laughs> pull up some information on Pooh Shiesty while Rod gives us the story. I don't know Pooh is.
10: Pooh Shiesty is a young cat out of Memphis, man. Memphis? That he's 21 right now, man. He's from Memphis. Uh he rode with Gucci Mane in 1017. Uh, he, he's, he got arrested last yeah, month for uh, sh- allegedly shooting a security guard. Okay. And then I guess, uh, you know, something happened with that investigation. The security guard recanted. But Pooh Shiesty, uh remains now indicted on another charge of robbery and attempted murder. Doing uh, it was somebody he's supposed he's allegedly met somebody to get some shoes and some weed down in Miami with a couple of the homies, and a robbery went down, and then a bag of money fell out of a McLaren used in the robbery, and the FBI found out it was Pusheyesly because the serial numbers of one of the hundred dollar bills in that bag. Mm. Found at the scene of the crime matches the serial number of one of the bills he flashed in an Instagram video. Oh, and that's also cool. th- that car was seen in an Instagram video here. So yeah, the FBI—they're not playing no games, man. They got the magnifying glasses out when you there doing your iPhone stun. Hey, right. That's that's the craziest way I ever heard a nigga get caught doing the crime. Hey, the right. Serial, number, like, what makes you even look at those two things?
4: tell them the name of the song that the video is in do you know the name of the song What?
10: his 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 big his thing now back in blood
4: back in blood
2: back I, in blood i love how there's like these mexican cartel songs where they give all the details of somebody they killed and that adds to the lore of the song but in hip hop it's like yeah i killed a motherfucker look at the money Ah, oh, shit
4: every bad, time man.
10: Straight
4: indict. <laughs> every time, ask Ti about it. You know what I mean? Like, right? It, I, it's funny, man. When I was when I saw this story, my my child, my son, loves Pusheysty, and it really bothered me that he liked this dude. <laughs> and he can say because is your son? He's uh nine. He's nine, okay. and so they play this stuff on the radio, man. Like, even if you don't want him to hear it, it's what Hot ninety seven is playing every day. So. You know, he knows all the names of these cats. And so when I heard him singing this song, oh. I, t- I literally said to him, you know, that, that can't be real, right? He was like, who's she said it was real and it's real. Yes. And I was like, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: okay. Sound like you need to take your son to see Clifford the Big Red Dog or some shit. He need to go. They understand. So- <laughs> <laughs> son. That's right. Yo. Cliff of the Big right. Red
10: Dog, not Cliff of T.I. Hairs. okay? We got to get, get that young man to
2: over there. <laughs> I'm <laughs> laughing. I got a five-year-old. I'm horrified. He already know how to buy his own shit on Amazon. Right. Oh Try i trying to tell you. You can't protect your kids from the world. You just have to prepare them for it. I was about to say, That's you really got a choice.
4: You, you got a choice. You can either let your kid listen to Pooh Shiesty mm-hmm. or Spot Him Got Him. Either way, it sucks. There's no real, <laughs> there's no real help. Either way, is bad. Like, it's just...
2: mm. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) All right, Ryan, let's flip the script.
10: Uh, Black people, this week, what you want to be talking to white people about is dogs. I know, shocking, right? Mm. But there's some good news on the the latest front with the January 6th insurrection that happened at the Capitol. There is finally going to be some rectification... And some things are going to be done, and some wrongs are going to be made right. The Capitol Police, who had over 100 officers injured and one officer killed really? on January 6th, are adding an emotional support dog to the police force, huh? <laughs> Standing old fucking nation. That's that's the justice everybody's been looking for in this situation. Nancy Pelosi, you can counsel that goddamn committee. They got a new dog on the force to handle all the anxiety that these cops are feeling.
2: So, our men and women of law enforcement who were undermanned, Mm -hmm. they're outmanned, outgunned as they say Mm -hmm. in all the action movies and since that time have not been given any real explanation of how Communication with they asked for help. They talked to the chief, the Mm -hmm. Capitol police. Hey, motherfuckers, these motherfuckers coming tomorrow. Y'all need to send motherfuckers with them things. Mm -hmm. And and since that time, the only thing they've given law enforcement
10: oh, disrespected dogs is a dog. Yes, yes, a two year old black lab named Lila. To pet and hold. Mm-hmm. Mm. I
2: don't. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. But you know,
10: I know it's something better than nothing. This is a situation where something is not better than nothing. Just don't do just don't do shit for me. If your response to some shit like that is, would you like a dog? Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here.
4: Not even a rescue, just a dog. Just here, this, I just found it. Not even a
10: guard dog right. or a fucking attack dog. Like, I'm going
4: to find you the dog smallest you dog can I can I'm get. Saying. The smallest I can find. <laughs> Take this miniature German schnauzer and feel good
10: about yourself. Oh my God. Like basically what they said is that if this ever happens again, and you're like, we're getting overrun, I'm scared, I don't know what to do. It's like, would you like to hug this dog? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh shit. <laughs> Send bug up. Like we got nothing but hugs, my man. We got hugs.
2: <laughs> Here we go.
4: Hug saved the day.
2: Who Shysty delivers a sound as raw as his hometown of Memphis and has a talent that it's becoming increasingly hard to deny after making his grand entrance with the debut Shysty season. <laughs> the rest of 2021 is undoubtedly his, indubitably his. Wow. This was definitely written before he was held without
10: bail. Who the hell used the word indubitably to describe a nigga like that? <laughs> <laughs> Undoubtedly. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is that from? They, 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 they're reviewing Pooh Shyste and got their homes and gardens. This motherfucker.
4: You know damn well Pooh Shyste, hear that shit get offended as hell. You're like, what you say about
10: me? For real?
2: I'm
4: just I'm in, in a dupe what? what? <laughs> in do- I will shoot you. Money earning pippin holes and stop. I will shoot you. <laughs>
2: His podcast is Uncle Rod's Story Corner. It is as chaotic as this segment often is. <laughs> Speaking of which, Rod, I need to come on the podcast. I've got like a ton of stories that have nothing to do with jobs that I refuse <laughs> to tell here. That I've at some point got it. Uh, this month, this month, we'll figure out, we'll figure out a day. Uh, I'm That's serious. Still- we'll figure out a day to sit down and... I know oh Ralph has a bunch of, of stories.
10: Yeah, I got, I got, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I got, I got Ralph coming on the show, embarrassing. I can't wait. <laughs> oh so yeah, we get
6: you,
10: get you, get you on the story
2: to tell there some of your God. TP Heard stories. Yeah. What are you
8: talking about, Willie
2: Tyler and Lester? <laughs> <Son>. <laughs> ventriloquist. TP Heard's not a ventriloquist. That's a whole separate comedian. In. All right, Rod. He is the man that's always looking to put a little stank <laughs> on his hang down. At Rod, the number four short. Rod for short online. Rod, thank you, brother. What's up? Scam of the week.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: We don't have a caller this week. Um, I just wanted to discuss in general with you, JG, and third. Whether or not y'all think college is a scam. Mm. Like, if we talk about, like when we talk about investments, right? When you talk about money, anytime people talk about money, they talk about money from a perspective of the ROI, right? The return on the investment. Yes. I give you $10, am I going to get back 20? It's from an educational ROI. Okay, so down South Georgia girl found this number for me and it kind of mm-hmm. shook me and this is why I'm bringing this up. What percentage of college graduates would you say? This is a study from the New York Federal Reserve Bank. Okay. What percentage of college graduates would you say end up working in the field of their major?
0: Mm. Well, I say only 30%. And that's being generous. That's being very
2: generous. 27%. Really? 27% 27% of people wow. end up with a job in the shit they went to college for. And I know you pivot and things change and stuff like that. But I think we're approaching a point in our society where it's becoming harder and harder to justify a sometimes fifty to $100,000 investment mm-hmm. when the ROI isn't always there and the way student loans exploit people. The True. way you can get approved for 100000 for a piece of paper before you can get approved for a college, for a car loan. A house. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm 43 and I still have student loans. I owe less on my house than I do on my student loans. Now, I didn't pay them and I don't care about them, but go ahead.
2: I don't care. So three reasons they say college is worth it. Graduates earn more than non-graduates. That's true. Most jobs require a college education. That's also true. College graduates are more likely to have health insurance. I didn't know that. Three reasons it's not worth it. A great job isn't guaranteed. You graduate with student loan debt, and it can take more than four years to graduate. Took me five. 58% of students need six years. That's crucial. I, th- that's that's why I feel like, to a degree, community college isn't a bad option, and I I believe, and I can't prove this third, but I believe that four year institutions have conspired against community colleges to make them seem less than or some sort of like the whole thirteenth grade narrative.
4: Mm-hmm. I agree.
2: I agree. To make I, it I know, seem like it's a it's a sucker's choice or oh you why can't community, Cal? It's like, no motherfucker, I'm gonna just go learn the one thing I need to learn. The rest of the shit out nice. of YouTube when I'm 30.
4: It took me uh being in school. I got a good friend of mine now, he's a doctor out in California, a uh, math doctor, not a like a blood doctor. But the point is when he was in school, he did a lot of overseas traveling. Um he kept running into kids that were in Barcelona, in Greece, in Nigeria. They were all from community colleges. He was from Berkeley. And he was like, man, if I'd have known that I could have studied abroad, for example, and did the same thing that the kids from Harvard, Brown, and all these other yeah. is doing, and stayed close to home, I'd have did it. And a lot of times, I, I really think it's how, it's how college is sold to us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sold to us like it's supposed to be an achievement after high school, and you're supposed to go somewhere to challenge yourself and do this, that, and the other. I can't speak for a lot of folks, but most of the kids in my generation, we all went to college and we learned a hell of a lot more about ourselves than we did whatever we majored in, I can tell you
10: that.
2: I'll I'll say that that's the biggest advantage to college is that it's a place to learn how to matriculate into the world. College Mm -hmm. is like the boarding gate into real life almost, you know, where you get to meet people of different cultures, you learn how to interact. In my case specifically, it's a place to make mistakes that don't Dude, necessarily just cost that. you your life.
4: That's right. Mm-hmm. That's the only time you- in your life where you can say, uh, you fuck something up, and then somebody be like, man, why'd you do that? You'd be like, I'm in college, and they're like, oh shit. Why y'all let a college kid get it? You know what I'm saying? Like, man, that was any time, that's the only time when you can really screw up as an adult. And people let things slide while you're in college, like, and you, and even if you're in graduate school, you could tell somebody I'm in college, and they'll still let the they'll let it ride on some of what they don't really know.
0: So wait a minute, Roy, where were you going with that though? Because your voice changed, and you're about to open up and tell us something.
2: I'm well, nothing say- that I've already talked about. You don't know, mind? My... Tell us again. No, go listen to whatever episode where I talked about that shit. I, yeah, like everybody was like. Running amok in college. When I say running amok, I don't mean, like, for me, it wasn't getting drunk. I wasn't handsome, so I wasn't, like, having sex with all the cool kids and sneaking in the dorm. My ass was still in jeans. Like, that Oh, was okay. Hustle. I
0: thought you were talking about the throwing up in your car.
2: Oh, no, I'm not going to tell that story. That's just a nasty story. It's but,
0: disgusting.
2: I, a bunch of my friends got drunk off some gin from some older women who we was trying to have sex with, but they tricked oh. us and they're going on a liquor run for them. And they took the liquor and sent us home. And all my boys was drunk and one of them threw up in my car. And that's why I don't drink gin to this day. <laughs> and when I say older women, we were 20. They were like 24, which may as well be like trying to court a 40-year-old woman. Yeah. Yeah, You're we're 20 trying to go Atlanta. out with a 25 year old. It's it's literally their grad students are a whole nother world.
4: I look at it like you sometimes, man, you just gotta deal with what you deal with. I was in Atlanta, same exact story almost, except it was malt liquor, and the women were 40. And and they and they played us. And that's also why I don't drink malt liquor. It's a similar exact almost similar story,
2: dude. You shouldn't deal with any person that's 40 who drinks malt liquor. Like even now, still.
4: <laughs> I was an adventurous young man, Roy. Don't blame me for my times in Atlanta. I did not know any better.
10: Oh, that's
2: <laughs> my right. My uncle
0: is gonna text us after this because he drinks
2: malt liquor. Ask Ralph <laughs> if he has the phone number to them young ladies. <laughs> <laughs> they seem like my type of party. That's the show. I know where nursing
4: home they are right now. I will pass that on to them. Like I got <laughs> them.
2: Thank you to everybody who called in today. Well, we did not have two people called in. I'm talking like we have 14, 15 different people. Um Did you tell us what the scam was? Did I miss it? The 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 scam. The discussion is whether or not college is a scam. I'm not telling you the scams. I ran. I don't know what the statute of Limitations was. I just know that I'm a changed man. I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit.
0: I'm talking about the scam for the show, not
2: you. I said we didn't have a caller. I said that we're discussing whether or not college is a scam. College is education itself a scam? Oh yes. Go ahead yeah see well I don't know if you can agree because you work in the big building so we have to do and this that's I, work in I can the tell you building. the truth mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going say too much truth I'm not going to say it thank you
4: I'm about to say you're going your to say, you're gonna have to get that tweet from Sacklin State telling us real quick about
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jacqueline going to be apologizing
10: Jacqueline, <laughs> Jacqueline going right? apologizing
2: <laughs> like Felicia Rashad yes I'm just saying I apologize all profusely, and I encourage everyone to consider higher education and don't fuck with community college at all, ever. <laughs> for years for life. JG, thank you, Ralph. Thank you. We'll see y'all next week.
3: This has been a Comedy Central podcast.
6: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring